play the fight song. Welcome back to the Play the Fight Song podcast. Jordan's already giggling, so you know we're off to a good start. The vibes are high. Uh, coming off of week three, we're going to throw you guys another hopefully shorter week three recap. We're going to go over the games that were, uh, obviously give you guys our helmet stickers, um, some upsets. Hey, don't let the casuals tell you that last week was supposed to be boring or that it was supposed to be some bland week. Don't If you're hanging out with those kind of people, stop being their friends, okay? Stop being their friends because it was an exciting week. There's a lot to cover. We want to give you guys a recap episode, especially because there's so much going into week four. We need to give that one all of its attention when we get to that point. So let's go through everybody's Saturdays. Uh, I, For me, I was the one at a wedding. I feel like you guys are usually the ones at other events, and I'm the bum on yeah, the couch. Nice be, so. You know, Schaefer, you have friends. It's cool. Yeah, man. I guess I, I have a couple friends. So Jordan, <laughs> how about your Saturday? Did you get off the couch? I... I did, but it was not. I found another couch. Uh, I went to <laughs> everybody's house. I was there the whole day, um, and so we found a different couch. Uh, had a fire, watched the games, did the whole shebang. Uh, it was a good time. I really did enjoy myself. Uh, and to be honest with you, I bought some high noons. Can't do the grapefruit. Took those out of the pack. The grapefruit. I've never been a big high noon guy anyway. Hey, Passion fruit's really good. You yeah, either love or hate me a high noon. Yeah, it's a no for me. Good call. I, really? I I don't know. They've kind of been around for a while now, but I they're still like a they're a solid go to for me. I they're it's not great like when I don't want beer. Yeah. I just yeah. I'm not feeling a beer. They're it's good. a poor and man's like, carbless. They're also <laughs> like that's poor true. Man's, more like the rich man's. They're fucking expensive. So are carbless. Good drink yeah. though. Uh Parks, did you have any carbless this weekend? I did. I did. We uh I went to the game in Lincoln, northern Illinois, Nebraska. That's, okay. That was my drink of choice. So slugged a few of them. Uh, the night games are dangerous sometimes, man, because I, I did like four of them within an, within an hour, and then all of a sudden I was kind of fucked up. So I had to mix in some <laughs> waters before kickoff. So that was kind of the don't move. That was the play. It's only 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Don't underestimate, yeah. the, uh, don't underestimate the, night, the night drinks. That's right. for yeah. sure. Five percenters, man. Yeah. yeah we, will, we will get to our mid-three topic as well later in on in the episode some things to cover i guess reese what about you did you do more pull-ups this weekend were you able to watch football what are we what what are we doing in new york well because i'm in the army and the army's great power went out and <laughs> like for three hours in the middle of the day so i couldn't even watch kickoff for the first start of the day so that was a lot of fun so i went to the salvation army found a bunch of heat fits but they all uh they all didn't fit right so i didn't do that but then we came back uh-huh. and Watched some football and caught got caught up and then I just parked my happy ass out on my uh on my bed over here and watched football all day. You know, Reese, like outside of watching football going to the Salvation Army, are you also into thirst traps? Is that anything for you? Mm, we have to bring it up. Hey, Good call. Jordan, this Tell is the me, second week in a row. This is the second week in a row. You keep our personal lives out of this. This is the second Tell me how week it is. in a row. Guy was talking about my job one week. Now he's talking no, about Reese's Reese, social media and his post. A cool tattoo. He's just thirst trapping. I spent X amount of money on a tattoo that turned out very nice, and I like how you can disclose that, bro. You can disclose the tattoo. It's probably expensive as fuck. It looks good. I'm not saying you shouldn't show it off. You just threw a little thirst in there, you know? Like, oh yeah, you probably had the ladies all over you. How? How was it thirsty? Because you, no, it wasn't thirsty. thirsty. There was a V line. There might have been some. There might have been some V line. There was V line, and anytime you drop <laughs> a song in the I background, okay. oh, I yeah. can't wear a shirt because it's on the. It's on my back as well. I can't wear a shirt. It's on my back. <laughs> Got to take you a higher just like a whole sleeve up from the chest, chest up. I could have had it like this, but you can't see the back. It's a wing. We're just keeping you in check. You're good, man. You're good. Look what you started. The vibes were high. Look what you started. <laughs> Reese, I like a good thirst. It's a great tattoo. Yeah, we, all right, we didn't we didn't right need that here. from Jordan. Reese, speaking of the mid three, we might the mid three and the great four are the great one. Apparently, were you able to watch your cues again this weekend? Because I think they're going to win the national championship. Uh, for some reason, my uh, YouTube TV didn't want to load that one, and Stream East was being dumb for me, so I wasn't able to watch a lot of it. I watched some highlights of it. Garrett Trader with the great fake out. Um, they got Army this sick. week, and then they have Clemson the week after, so I'm planning on going Army's to these good, next man. two games. So those are really? fun to go to. Yeah, they got – I'm trying to get people to go with me, but as you guys know, Army's I don't good. have friends up here that are very social and don't want to go to games. So I'm probably going to go watch <laughs> Army. 
and uh, the, the Clemson game by myself. So I see the Army one. I can see trying to pull some teeth to go to. Do they not know who Cle- like Clemson? They don't know who Clemson is. They just don't like doing things. That's the way I can. Uh-huh. Best way I can. Like I have tried to get them to go to concerts. There's also a concert next week that I'm trying to get them to go to. They're like, yeah, no. Nah. I'm like, what you want to sit in your room? All right, whatever, man. You were sitting uh, in your Park room. Park and Riley Green, Jordan. What? What was the first one? Parmalee and Riley Green. Uh, okay. gotcha. Riley Green's solid. Yeah. I'm not a I mean, big I mean, it's person. not like my favorite country music ever, but something it's something to do. Something to do, right? It's not hey, a, a serious question. Hold on, hold on, Reese. When you go to I the Salvation, when you go to the Salvation Army, do you get a discount because you're in the army? No, oh. I don't think that's all what right. that. Means. I, I just say it's working. They all discounted technically. Can you get a discount at the Salvation Army? That's what I said. I'll just I'll just walk in like walk out like hey, just second question. I'll be back. Second question, Reese. Who the hell do you cheer for? Army or Syracuse? That's a good uh, question. That's a great question. I almost bought an Army uh, shirt, but it didn't fit right. You don't have an Army shirt? I don't know. You I think, I think when I one. go to this one, I think I have to just vote. I think I have to bet the over just so I can have both teams. <laughs> We're just having fun. A lot of points. Yeah. I'm going to bet the over because both teams can be great. All right. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> answer. Well, yeah, Syracuse dominated. They beat Purdue. That wasn't that's nearly as important. We'll get into kind of the top four or five games of the week that was. Something like uh, that. Yeah, that's something like that. I could start us off first because it was an 11 o'clock game. Go over to Columbia where Missouri, mm-hmm. who were they ranked? I, I apologize. No, no. I have not checked the AP top they 25. They are not ranked. I did not think. Are you talking like right now or before the game? Right now. Right now I, as I the, AP, the AP came out this morning, I, obviously we don't go straight to it as far as checking it, um, but I thought they should have been top 25. Either way. The should-be-ranked Missouri Tigers defeated K-State uh, on a last-second field goal by uh, Mevis. He was 61 yards out. This guy, for those who— 61 yards. Are we serious? If we if we remember right, this guy missed a 20-yarder in Jordan-Hare last year to tie the game. To tie the game, he missed a 20-yarder. So, 61 yards. Not ranked. Not ranked. The I've heard some people call him the thicker kicker. Because he is a bigger dude. So, so uh, I mean, outside of that, a couple of things I definitely want to highlight and take away from that game. This is probably one of the bigger wins in Drinkwitz's career. I mean, this is only the second-ranked win that he's had at Missouri. Last year, they beat South Carolina, I believe. And I don't know if South Carolina really deserved to be ranked last year. Luther Burden, I know I highlighted him last week. He was an absolute stud. Two touchdowns, over 100 yards receiving. He's a guy you can keep your eye out. Maybe if Missouri gets to seven eight, maybe even nine wins. That could be a first-team All-SEC guy at the receiver position, maybe second team. So that's a he's, guy to keep it. Uh, if you can get the ball thrown to him, because there's a lot of receivers in the SEC who do not have a quarterback thrown to the football right now. Yeah, and speaking of which, not Brady Cook, much. over 350 yards, uh, I didn't see that one coming. I'm going to be honest. I thought if Missouri was going to win this game, it was going to have to be like 20-14, to 14, and the defense was really going to have to step up and maybe Burden made one spectacular play. But that really wasn't the case. Kansas State, I thought, was fine. Um, I haven't really changed my opinion on them. They still struggle to establish their one back, like Giddens mm-hmm. and, and and Ward. I think Ward got the majority of the carries yesterday. Um, but really, at receiver, they don't have anything. Like Phillip Brooks was was not a factor. Ben Sinnott, Ben Sinnott, uh is like their tight end fullback position guy, and he led them in receiving. I mean, he's a good piece, but he can't be your top go-to guy if, if you really want to win the Big 12 and have athletes all over the field. So big takeaway is I think Missouri could get to seven or eight wins. I think they could be a dark horse for that second or third spot in the East. Fair to say. And Kansas State, it was a tough place to go. It was a, it was a respectable non-conference game. I think they'll be just fine. Their defense still looked pretty solid to me. So anybody have any thoughts on that might have been the best game of the week as far oh, as like actual actual game. My only thing on that game would be I did think when you were looking at Kansas State, they didn't necessarily look out of sync, but for some reason they couldn't find a stop where it was needed. Um, when you don't come up with a big stop in a game and a scheme that they run with climbing, playing complementary football, it really puts a heavy burden on an offense who can score quick, but they don't want to. They want to uh, really control the clock, control the play, stay ahead of the sticks. And for that one, I think it's a way bigger deal that Missouri won than if Kansas State had won, right? Like, it doesn't – it hurts Kansas State in the fact that they now have a loss to an unranked opponent if they were to go 11-1 or 10-2 or something like that, right? Yeah. But it doesn't hurt 
so bad. Like the way they lost, like if they would have gotten pounced or looked like crap on both sides of the ball, like I don't think it hurts as much, but I do think it really will rein that team back in. I think it would be tough to beat them the entire year. And you'll find that maybe these mistakes don't show or rear their head here in the next couple of weeks. That's where I am on Kansas State. Now, Missouri, you have a situation where you can get to the second best team in the East. Can you be the best? Uh, your Your talent says no, but when you look at the rest of the East with Tennessee looking like crap going to the swamp, if Florida doesn't look mm-hmm. great, uh, Kentucky hasn't been exciting or Nobody's overly dramatic Kentucky. yet. Nope. Um, and so there really is an opportunity for them to get in second place in the East or, you know, at least like be fighting for it at the end of the year. And I think that's a big step and it's a job saving job. It'd be a job saving performance this year for Drinkwitz. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. That the bottom of the East outside of Georgia's is going to be, it's, it's going to be interesting. interesting. That's for sure. Let's go. We're going to do this in, in time order. So I'll go over to big noon kickoff parks, cover a little bit. Penn state kind of rolls through Illinois. Illinois continues to not look great along with the Big Ten West. So what are you thinking? I just think it's a shock when you step back and take a look at how we kind of viewed this Illinois team as a a dark horse. Not really, though, because the Big Ten West is always wide open to win this division. And they've just not found their stride. They just can't find an identity on the offensive side of the ball. They turn the ball over five times. Um, Altmyers, I I don't want to say he's terrible, but he was terrible yesterday, man. He, oh, he, yeah, threw, he threw four picks. <laughs> it's tough he, day. Was, he, he kind of scrambles out of the pocket. gets happy feet because we really haven't seen a lot of production in this Illinois offensive line like we thought we would. On the defensive side of the ball, I don't want to discredit Illinois too much because when you're on the field that much, man, it, it, eventually you're going to give up points. And they did hold Penn State more than I thought they would, and then it just kind of caught up to them. Five turnovers is way too much, and that's really the storyline and the headline of the entire game. Um, Drew Aller was good, 16 for 30, so he needs to complete a little bit more passes, a higher percentage, but still threw for 208 yards, and then they ran the ball like Penn State runs the ball, and that's kind of – they wore him down, and then the Illinois defense got tired being on the field. I mean, as simple as that, a good win on the road for for Penn State to open up conference play. Now they bring in Iowa this week, which we'll touch on in the, the previews for the wideout. So Penn State's rolling right now, just kind of thought how we thought they would. Uh, good win overall. Yeah, the thing I took away from that wasn't a ton, but it like you said, Parks, it was a good win for Penn State to get off on the right step. Um, but man, I, I thought Altmaier was the shining light of a bad offense, and he was probably the biggest detriment to that offense yesterday. Just had a tough yep. day, but the run game, I keep repeating it when we talk about this team, it continues to just be a problem. Reggie Love, they, they, they got dominated so by a front that was way better. And when you, I think you kind of had everything shown to you when they went down to Kansas and got beat in the trenches. Like you weren't going to run the football well. You were not going to block well when you're dealing with Penn State and you haven't blocked well. You're the offensive line has problems. Now he's under pressure. That's why you're getting these interceptions and ill-advised, ill-advised throwing balls, right? It doesn't make any sense, in my, in my opinion, to continue to run that same scheme. Like I know Bielema is going to continue to try and run the football. and They're going to try to establish the run so they can open things up. Well, you can't protect the guy. You, something's got to change because if you can't protect him in like the Big Ten West is bad, but there's good defenses in the West. They will eat that offensive line alive. Um, Penn State wise, I I think I got exactly what I was. I thought I was going to get out of them in that game specifically. Did they do anything too crazy? No, but I think they are really geared up for next week, and that's what worries me. Um, as I think a lot of it was that they have a. They, they went on the road in the Big Ten first, right? That's tough. Mm-hmm. This is Iowa's first Big Ten game. Penn State's now been challenged. They brought West Virginia in, who, you Good know, West they beat Virginia. handily. They're um, solid. And then team. they go to Illinois and win a game handily. So I, they're a little more seasoned, a little more challenged than the Hawks are. And I, I still really like my Penn State pick to be in the playoff, by the way. Yeah. I would say also that West Virginia would be the best team that Iowa would play on their schedule up to this point. So <laughs> just by yes. looking at other hey, teams. So yes. scheduled, it's not our fault that. No, I know. I know. I know. I'm just saying I'm, just, shit I'm, I'm, I'm taking a, I'm taking a shot at my own team, but speaking <laughs> of which, I mean, let's go over happened. to Morgantown, West Virginia sneaks by Pitt. kind of a great defensive <laughs> performance from the Mountaineers. Um, I don't know. It, it was, was it was, a, it was definitely a backyard brawl. Like if you want to name that rivalry, that name, it's very appropriate. So Reese, 
take us over what was the biggest thing that stood out to you from from either side either how bad Pitt is or maybe West Virginia surprised some people I think you were right last week when you're like I think it's time to be out on Dracovic I mean eight for 20 with two interceptions yeah I'm out that Sorry. cost him 10 points I mean that, 80 that's yards. that line three I only had <laughs> three two picks yeah. either three yeah, th- yeah 80 yards that is not a winning equation for a quarterback <laughs> in college football I don't know if you realize that or not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah. yeah um, let's just let that one. Let's just that stat line just sit for a minute. <laughs> be hard pressed to find oh, a football. team and that throws three picks and wins. Oh, and we were all we were all stoked because we're like this guy's reuniting with his old OC where he had success at Boston College and we just have not had a whiff of it this year. So I think Pitt is a team that I picked that could crack the top ten at the end of the year. I don't think that's happening anymore, Reese. Um, but Pitt also had also also only had seventy four yards in the second half. Um, it wasn't like a game that West Virginia completely dominated. I think it was Pitt just didn't look that great. West Virginia did what they needed to do. Country roads. Um, don't bet against them again, Reese. Uh, but then I mean, West Virginia had a couple injuries. Uh, their running back and their quarterback are out. Uh, got at the end. But then I think big thing too is Pitt's got North Carolina next week, and that's going to be a rough rough game if they can't get some shift out when it comes to their offense. Because that defense has been better than people had expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's it's a rougher stretch for Pitt if they're only scoring six points and two and uh, two trips to the uh, red zone. So. No, Donaldson runs for a hundred yards. I said this is how the recipe for West Virginia. If they're going to try and survive to get to five or six wins, this is what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to run the ball, rely on a veteran offensive line, and defensively they're going to have to be stout. And I think they're three for three so far. With uh, Duquesne doesn't count, but. Penn State in that pit performance, I thought they did just fine against Penn State. They were serviceable enough that they have, if they play like that, they can get six wins in this Big Twelve. There's no yeah. doubt in my mind. So I, I was, I was. We'll see if Neil Brown too. He's also on the seat. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards he's not going to get fired again. Like from what I've been listening to, like people make good points. West Virginia just can't really afford to fire him. I, I was the one who was like, he should be fired after last year, but I'm just not so sure. If he gets five wins, like, what's West Virginia going to go out and do? Who are they going to get? I don't know. Not Neil Dion. Brown. <laughs> Would you say <laughs> Dion? Dion? Yeah, Dion. Uh, also, think- we have to mention both these teams finished with 211 total yards. Total. Both dead even on total Hard yardage, harder. sub 250. What a game. This is it this was, is a Big Ten Big Ten fan dream, and it happened in the backyard brawl. What what a game! Big win for go, West Virginia. No, absolutely turned it turned it around for him. Let's go to the second uh, primetime game in ABC. I think it was or ESPN. We had Florida beating Tennessee at home, twenty nine to sixteen. It really wasn't even that close nope. from in the entire second half. I as as a group, uh, I don't know if we all caught it. I I caught highlights of this at the end i've listened to some things i know people were very not pleased with with uh milton's performance um but i'm not necessarily surprised i i don't what are, what are your guys th- thoughts i've always thought jill milton's been a very inconsistent player yeah he is but i think when you look at tennessee and you kind of expect the scheme to open things up and then it doesn't it shines a little more that maybe he struggled in some spots uh, I think he can get things fixed. He did go on the road into the swamp, and Florida's not bad. They're, I mean, they're like a solid, average football team, like right, right in the middle yeah, of everything. We, well, um, everybody was stuck on that Utah game, and and that yeah. includes me. But that defensive front still good. The defense is still solid, mm-hmm. and they showed up and they played well. Mertz isn't going to be a groundbreaker. He's not going to take over a game or anything. And they did everything they needed to do in that game. Um, again. I didn't catch it live the whole way through, so I've seen highlights and stuff and like gone back and watched games and listened to some things. I think this game is just it's gonna be one of those games we look back and like sit like week ten, eleven, we go this just felt like a meaningless game a little bit. Like mm. it's hard for me to now see Tennessee get better and better and like they'll might battle for a second to fourth in the east and that'll be fine. But I don't think there's anybody that's going to challenge Georgia on that side no and so like I think you look at you'll have your Napier talks towards the end of the year depending on how they finish and I think people will look at Tennessee more so worried that you're hitting a slump after a huge year which is fine because Heupel's still grinding out that program he's still getting a lot of people to buy into it 
And so it's a long game for them. And so I'm not really worried about Tennessee. Uh, I'm not worried about Florida. I think it's it kind of turned into that man thing quick. I do you thought. think? Um, do you think that win? I mean, bought Napier some time. It, he I mean, never a little bit had my time, but no, yeah, I know. But people are crazy. Team. Yeah, it definitely helps to beat a ranked team, and I think he just needs a little more time to really. He's trying to build that thing slow, and people don't like that. But no. that's part of it, man. And I'll give you guys this stat. This is what you're going to get out of top tier Graham Mertz. 19 of 24, who's 79% of his passes, one touchdown, 166 yards, and he got 172 yards from Trevor Etienne. Like when you can get that guy to limit his throws, probably under 25 throws a game, and you can get that game going with Johnson and have break. Etienne is an NFL type back. I mean, yep. it's, it, obviously it, it's in his family for God's sake. So it's a good last he can. Yeah, if he can be that successful, I think you're going to get a pretty damn productive Graham Mertz. And like Jordan said, I thought the defense played great. Reese or Parks, anything left from either side of these two? Go yeah, ahead, Parks. There was, two, there was two points I had to point out. Is One, the video of Hypo getting off the bus and just being fired up. My initial thought was like, all right, this Tennessee team's ready to play. I mean, big game on the road for him. I didn't believe in Florida. I was kind of with you, Shafe, where I was still stuck in the Utah game, the performance and how discombobulated they were on the sideline. Um, but they were yep. much, much improved this game. I mean, they looked like a solid team, including the form of the fighting from the linemen at the end of the game. That was just solid stance. Nobody yeah. was taking Watch the guy your down. suspensions on that one. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> Joe Mills was squaring up. Yeah, yeah they were. He did a quick back step. Throwing punches. <laughs> not great. Not great. <laughs> and then I also fell on the other side of things when I found out that Tennessee has not beaten Florida in the swamp in 20 years, and they have never yep. beaten them when Tennessee, when Florida wears all blue. Fun fact for you. So that stands, that huh. extends. Swamp a tough That's place to play for the volunteers. <laughs> I will say. I feel like I should have known before that game, and I didn't know I that. literally said they had one in the Swamp since yeah, 01. Yeah, no, JP said that. Um, I no, thought the I, Swamp. I didn't have the all-blue nope, fact, though. I didn't have the all-blue one. The all-blue one is true. It's crazy. If they were all-blue, take the fucking Gators. Do we not talk about the Swamp enough? I thought, I mean, from what I watched, I mean, the Swamp was kind of rocking on a 6 30. I mean, obviously a primetime game on Saturday night. Yeah, you're going to get an SEC stadium to fill up and be ready to go. But although it looked awesome, it kind of reminded me of the old days just a little bit. I mean, just a little bit of nostalgia. Reese, what do you got? Dude, Tom Petty won't back down might be one of the best, I think, things in college football that doesn't get talked about. I fucking, that video is, <laughs> I think those are sweet, dude. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely up there with, with, like your country roads, I don't know, your jump arounds. I, you could probably throw Tom Petty's one back down up there, right? With with like traditional delight. Yeah, Dixieland delight with Alabama. Mr. Like bright side. Yep. We might have There's to, uh, that might be an off season topic. We might have to do our top stadium uh, songs, stadium anthems, stadium songs. Let's go to the last one. This one, I was able to catch the majority of the game. By this point, I did not want to be dancing or singing anymore. I, I just wanted to sit. This game. <laughs> yep. I just wanted to sit down and watch football. And I made it back to have some pizza at 1 a.m. And I was catching the first overtime. So, JP, talk to us a little bit about my my Rams and how God yeah. they man, they they pissed yeah, that they, one. Uh, I think your biggest takeaway on this it needs to be that Colorado State outplayed Colorado in every facet of the game. But here's how you lose football games, fellas. You turn the ball over four times. You lose the turnover battle. You're negative two in that. You also have 17 penalties for 182 yards. And, so and they were stupid. They were stupid penalties. penalties. 182 yards. That's how you lose football games. Here's my problem. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but this is my problem with it. If you want to go out there and you want to lay somebody out and get that first penalty or whatever just to set the tone, like, hey, we're not fucking around this time, all right? Like, Cool, whatever. That's awesome. No, you guys were morons. That was poorly coached, undisciplined football. That was disgusting. That was just- when you're when you're dealing with uh, in overtime two 15 yard penalties that you're <laughs> fighting as you're trying to score and tie this game up. It is ruthless. You dug yourself a hole way too deep to get back out of. Um, no, I thought Norval had them ready to go. Like they did make a lot of dumb penalties. Neither team could run the football. Uh, 102 rush yards for Colorado State. 70 for Colorado. Uh, Shadur had a good game. He didn't really turn the ball over than the one pick. He did play well again, but he's getting hit nonstop. The kid was running for his life the entire time, and that Colorado State front's solid, but it's not anything compared to what they'll see next week. Um, a little preview into that for next yep. week. But I think Colorado State played better than them in all facets. They deserved to win the game. 
Mm, actually, I take that back. They don't. Not when you have 17 penalties and you're negative two. You no. don't deserve to win it. Um, you don't. But you dominate time of possession. You oh, – I just – it pissed me off so much that they found a way to lose it. Like you knew they were going to. You knew they were going to. Just the way everything was going. Because it, it's it was so built up, right? And everybody jumped on right after Norvell said that stuff about taking his hat off, his sunglasses, talking to grownups. Well, everybody hammers Colorado thinking they're going to pound him. You know, you act like you're not looking ahead to go play in Eugene against Oregon next week. You probably were because you didn't look great. Yep. They're bad on defense. We knew that. They're not good on the trenches on either side of the football. It's their stars have to make crazy plays, and now you're dealing with Travis Hunter, who I hope is okay because that was kind of a shit situation that happened to him. Um, but this one it was a ton of fun. It was the, the game yeah, it was the best worst played game I've watched in a long time. Yeah, it was it was definitely exciting. It was dramatic. Um, Dion said that Hunter's going to be out at least a few weeks, which oh, is detrimental because that, that Colorado defense is already that terrible. now opens that secondary up. Oh to my god, Michigan dude. State two thousand twenty bad. Colorado State got anything they wanted. I just can't like anything underneath. They got five. Oh, their the crossing patterns were well, detrimental. Man. The crossing <laughs> patterns they dominated. I mean, the tight end there they made a couple of good plays. That tight end made a sweet catch on that late touchdown for Colorado State. Their last yeah. touchdown before overtime. But yep. looking at this game, man, I think there's more takeaways for Colorado on how they reacted being down because I know they talked about. You know, we we put up a fight. We stayed in it. We showed resiliency. And Dion was talking about it at the end of the game. Dude, you're fucking lucky it was Colorado State. Like, if you yeah, get down dude. to anybody else in that conference, you're not that resilience, the resiliency that you showed, dude, they were non existent and down the entire game except for the last drive. Like, they didn't really, they were not competitive. So, there's some definite holes in the way this team interacted and kind of fell apart once they started trailing in the game until the last drive of the game. It's not going to work in conference play. I'll tell you that right now. Here's, I, here's my problem is. First of all, number one, the fake fans that that, that stadium was awfully quiet. Oh, for dead silent. That was, it was hilarious. Beautiful. Hilarious. But this number two, my problem is, and I have not really had an issue with Colorado up to up into this point. And I know that they were a little dirtier, like Colorado State was. So you're a little pissed off. But like, where's the humility after that? You guys beat Colorado State. I don't know if you guys have paid attention. Oh. I know you haven't played them in half a decade, but they're terrible. They won three games last year, and they got absolutely mollywopped by Washington State, who's definitely would throw for six hundred yards on you guys. Mm-hmm. Like they're going, to. Doers going there, flexing his watch on. Like, yeah, dude, I, you took Colorado I, I State to two overtimes. But like, that's that's who he is, and so he's playing like that's how he plays, right? He's he's a little cocky, a little arrogant. He's confident in himself, and so he does like he. He flashes things like in, like lets you know that you know he's got a little more than you do or whatnot. But it's cool my, when you're dominating. Just, you you know how bad that football program was for so long prior to Dion when you're 24 point favorites and you went in double overtime and we started the field. And I get it's mostly kids field. who don't know anything. Oh they probably my. just like, well, let's go rush the field because fuck it, like we're kids and nobody cares and, and the we excuse, don't know anything about football, but we won. And the excuse um, of them being college kids and that's why they're rushing the field, like, wouldn't you? You're in college once, wouldn't you do that? No, nobody else does that. Nobody. <laughs> Literally, they're the only team that's ever done that. That's not an excuse. Kids, we, if you're a 25-point favorite at Iowa and you beat Western Michigan, how come they didn't storm the fucking field? Because you're a, you're a 25-point favorite and it's Western Michigan. It's the same scenario. And I don't want to hear, oh, well, they, <laughs> lost, they only won game. one game last year. I, yeah, you wouldn't storm the it's field. Nebraska and Iowa have never stormed the field after each other. What's the no, difference? They have not. No, there would be fights. Yes, and but it's just this, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's bullshit. It's baloney. Those kids don't know dude, football. They just bought those shirts. I don't, I don't know what's good about this. Dude, what's good about this? They have to go to Eugene, guys. Ooh, yeah. it's going to be okay. They Here's, have to go to Eugene. They're fourteen point dogs to open at. They have to go to Eugene. I thought twenty. I saw twenty one. Oh, I thought that's a big difference. Well, somebody's wrong. Yeah, I Maybe. saw. I've been seeing. They were looking at a different move? number. I thought I they were twenty-one to fourteen. <laughs> I wanted. Oh, I true. wanted Colorado to lose more so for ESPN to just be in shell shock, like not actually like towards Colorado, but towards ESPN itself. How brutal was that broadcast? Was last night? I mean, 
just 20 and a half. unbearable. Yeah, it, I was like, it was good. And I know you flipped it on late in the game, Shafe, and I watched it all the way back from Lincoln. I wasn't driving, so I watched it the whole way back. Uh, there was a, an all-time Mark May moment where they were talking about, wait, did I get that? Mark Jones. Mark Jones? Yeah, Mark, Mark Jones. Is that, is that his name? Riddick and John, it was Mark Jones and Lewis Riddick. Okay, so Mark Jones had an all-time moment where they're interviewing Offset and then penalties Offset. For, uh, in the game, and he goes offset, just like the guy we're talking to. Let's go back to him. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" That was all time announcing. Classic. But they did. It's a dick writing contest at ESPN over there right now, and I'm, I think everybody's tired of watching it. So, I yeah, I think the casuals could get. They're going to be in shock once they realize Colorado can't make the national championship at seven and five. But let's move on. I really I can't spend any more time talking about this team let's yeah, let's, let's talk about something pretty quick and yeah done with it. yeah no let's let's talk about something a little positive you guys both got wins you guys saw your teams win this week let's very positive Parks. got your first win of the year saw them beat down northern illinois talk about it a little bit yeah no i i think being a college football avid follower i i realize what it is right it's northern illinois but the best way to describe it just for i think the fan base is just a feel-good win man it's just it's been a tough start with a lot of changes a lot of off-season stuff going on and then you finally get something put together with a hometown kid, backup quarterback that just runs the shit out of the football. And it was just really a feel-good win. I think all the callers into Big Red Reaction, which is the show that happens afterward on the radio, were just mm-hmm. really just happy to like have a day where they weren't pissed. And, and they controlled the game. The defense is good, man. They're, Nebraska's defense is, is pretty good. Their scheme is very good. And it, it worked yesterday. They gave up a garbage-time TD with a bunch of threes in. But – uh, uh, good takeaways from it. I think the offense is finding a step a little bit, but you kind of got to make a decision on a quarterback this week because whoever plays quarterback this coming week is going to lead you into playing Michigan at home in week five. So big turnaround week, but good win altogether. Yeah, you know, that's what MAC teams are supposed to be, right? You, play, you see a MAC team on the schedule, you get through it. It's an easy win. It gets it it's, like? a, it's a get right game. I totally get what you're I'll saying. I'll totally get. What you're I'll saying. take an apology. We'll go. We'll go. We'll go to the second MAC team that was defeated this weekend. We'll go to Iowa City, where again you play a MAC team, you control the game. That's how it works. Jordan, talk about 100%. your Hawks getting to 42, um, baby. Come on, you you run the ball for over 240 yards, and you're gashing guys, and you have Lashawn Williams get majority of the carries and look really good with Caleb Johnson banged up, and then Jazz Patterson also. In that game, uh, the Hawks are dealing with some injuries right now, and Lachey is going to be done for the year. I'm going to assume a pretty significant injury uh, on to his leg and ankle. Really? It was disgusting. I did not see uh, that. Do not go look at it. I really advise you not to. It was nasty. Um, and he's our work. best. He's the best tight end. He's the best mm-hmm. receiver we had. He he's going to be missed. Um, but the offensive line looked good. Cade threw a lot of ill-advised stuff. He's starting to force things, uh, and I think he that needs to get figured out quick. Um, but he also took some unnecessary hits that kind of pissed me off. The defense looked good other than a random two big plays. Uh, it looked like Jamari Harris on his first uh, game back, maybe some miscommunication with Wampa at safety, but other than that, we'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, it was everything we wanted it to be and more, and so it was nice to see young kids get in and score some touchdowns around the football well. So uh, it's everything we needed this for the last week, rolling into this week, because it, um, it's go time now. It's, now it gets real. We get into conference play. Well, that... Kind of wraps. Oh, oh I'm that not, I'm ankle is fucking turned. Ouch! Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it's a good one. Oh God, that's that's gross. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be watching that. Well, that kind of wraps up the mid three because uh, your guys' teams got the win, <laughs> and my team didn't show up this week. I just want uh, you to know my team didn't play football. Too. No, you. I, to- I took the clones. I had confidence. All right, here, here's the one thing they're I'm the no say. bet list now. Here's, They're here, along with Louisville. No that's, bet list. That's fine. I I do not blame you because. I guess what? I won't be doing the same. Here's my problem. I actually, after the game, I really wasn't out that upset at all. I've told you from the beginning that this team is just not very good. I could talk about it for three hours about how we lack talent at every position. But here's what I'll say. When I have everybody fucking texting me 15 <laughs> times from 15 different people, Iowa State needs to figure it out. Yeah, you know what? Reese, I'll speed down Campbell here. And I'll see. Hey, Campbell, let's get it turned around. Let's figure it out. Like you're the only one I have, man. <laughs> this team is terrible. They can't. They have nothing going for them offensively. And to say to turn it around against Ohio, I mean, if they can't do that, what? When can they? So 
it's and you it's, can't say Rourke beat you into the ground because he didn't. He, he no, did he did when he needed to, but like it, they just didn't. They couldn't get anything going on offense. The offensive line couldn't block anybody. They weren't able to hit receivers when they were open. It just it snowballed, and it was never never changed. It never no. changed. Here's here's the one thing I will say. Um, as far as is the coaching staff or, or whatever, I think I think it was Einstein who said it, and I don't want to like butcher this quote, but isn't it like insanity is like doing the, the same shit, of insanity, yeah. doing the same shit over and over again, expecting different results? Like yep. he didn't say shit, but something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's something like that. Yeah, we're we're trying to run the football, and we just know it's not working, and we try to like develop this Kirk Ferentz style offense, and like try to like people in the sleeper hole but we're never the more physical football team like it's never gonna work so something's gotta change you gotta mix it up at some point you gotta just say i fucked up this doesn't work we gotta change something but that's all i gotta say also let me ask and let's let's talk about it because it's a fun social media it's it's swirling around i saw it on every platform i have my thoughts on on the campbell the campbell deal um yeah, I, I'll save my thoughts for last. Somebody else give me some thoughts as an outsider's perspective on what you thought of him kind of jawing that dude back. Buddy blew a gasket. I mean, he's already furious. He just gets beat on the road by a Mac team when he was, I mean, no no offense, but all glory to hail to God like two or three years ago. And then now it's just kind of been yeah. back to absolutely expectations of previous Iowa State football and People are pissed. I think that dude's a wiener for saying that, especially Solo sitting there greeting the team after. You know he went out of his way to stand there and say those say that to the players and coaches. But he blew a gasket. I just think it's okay. I think it's okay. I'm not, I wouldn't be terribly mad at it because if you're going to sit there and, and talk smack, expect another man to turn around and say something back. Right. I mean, 100%. I, what a wiener for sitting there on the fence and screaming that at somebody. I mean, he's not going to hear anything. In Athens, Ohio, Ohio dude. Yeah. In Athens, Ohio, of all places. He's got to be in Ohio. This native. isn't like we're, yeah, we're not in Austin, Texas, or Norman, Oklahoma. We got this chump from Athens, Ohio, with an Iowa State jersey on, bucking at Campbell as he's running to the locker room. Like, what a joke! And what a scumbag! First of all, part of the whole thing is that he's saying he's on the hot seat, as if they're going to hire somebody way better, and yeah. Campbell hasn't built that program from nothing. Yeah, oh, and then God. he goes. I, first I, of all, he gives that's, advice. That's, that's fans. He's though. like, get into him, Matt. Get into him. Also, you're on the hot seat. I'm like, this guy. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> I would, I would have let Campbell fucking be yeah. in pulp if I'm being honest with you. Oh yeah, uh, like, and just what in what world? That's like booing your quarterback before they even start a game. It's like cheering against your team before the game even starts, and I know the game had already started at that point. But could you imagine doing that to your head coach who built your program and is still playing a game and is like still trying to grind this out? Yep. And you could be supportive and like really buy into this football team. Instead, you try to be a piece of shit. And, and you traveled out there. If he's from there, whatever. If you traveled out there, you're even a bigger bum. What are you doing by yourself? Nobody's Here, even around the guy. Here's here's my issue. So the people that do have actual real. Some beefs with Campbell right now. Not this chump who obviously is not an Iowa State fan. And whoever took the video saying he's a Mickey Mouse coach. Yeah. You're a Mickey Mouse human. Yeah. You're like the little kid who tattles on people in second grade. I hope you feel better about yourself. This, this is my last thought and I'll wrap this up. The people – he Campbell has said some quotes over the last two years during this time that's kind of jabbed the fans a little bit. Like he said something after the Iowa game where like despite what people think – we wanted to do it this way. So he's, he's been saying these subtle quotes, and I think it's been rubbing people off the wrong way. Everybody appreciates him for what he's done. He's the most successful coach that's ever done it here. But when you continue to make these comments and then you continue to put this on the field, you're going to start to lose people. So my only thing is Iowa State is a, is a program that will never sustain long-term success. I hope Campbell sticks it out and doesn't get sick and tired of it. And hopefully we can bounce back in a couple of years and have another two or three year run, but it's never going to be a program that we're not going to go to a bowl game for 10 straight years. It's just not going to happen, but that's for another thing. Race last thought before we move on. You guys should have scored more points, obviously. <laughs> but that kick was, fun. That kick was good, right? Yeah. That, that, that I don't good, know. Right? I, I'm not stupid. Well, no, but they probably don't score afterwards because they're playing field position. Well, I know right? that. I know they don't. Some, they should score more points anyway. But like, how is that? I know. How is that referee that bad? And how is that not a rule where you can go review that? Because it's over the goalpost, and so it's a judgment call. Yeah. No. It's it, yeah, what it is is the goal. I, the goalpost extends forever vertically. Yeah. And if it 
at yeah. any if any point of the ball if it goes directly over if any point of the ball is on the right side of it it doesn't have to like if it would have hit it basically then they rule it no good so it, it basically extends oh, forever at any point of it that is on the yeah. right side of the goalpost like on if the it way. goes right over the top you can call it good I've seen it yeah, done. I don't, that is I don't think that one went right no, over the top. I think it was the, the angle. It was, was definitely way more in. It was half over, half in. Nah, so, I just, somebody, my, back. somebody yes, you guys were all texting me like, uh, not me. didn't that not go in? I know, but some people were. My brother did too. He's like, that went in, right? I go, we didn't fucking deserve to make that anyway. So <laughs> the way we were playing, it was, I did, could care less about that result. Anyway, that, that kicker felt so bad. I'm like, dude, he made it. <laughs> Moving on to the other upsets of the weekend, let's highlight a few of these. The MAC got another Big 12 team this weekend. Miami of Ohio goes into Cincinnati and beats them 31 to 24. I've known Cincinnati is not very good, and they finally show it here. Another tough yeah, loss for the Big 12. Bearcats. Yeah. So, we can move on to a different game. Fuck Cincinnati. South Alabama. My, ja- my Jaguars go into Stillwater and beat the piss. Out of Oklahoma State. Iowa State's loss was bad. I think this was much worse. Just to get dismantled at home like that. Gundy had some comments to a, a reporter that called him. He called him an ass in, in the press conference. Gundy, you're starting to lose everybody, man. Uh, Ladinian Reb rushed for 150 yards on the ground. It just got ugly. Let's go to the lighter side of the Big 12. BYU goes into Fayetteville. Beats Arkansas 38-21. to And just a, that was just a chaotic game all around. Like Arkansas doubled them in yards. Um, but they got the picks when they needed to. They capitalized on good field position, and and they just won. Rocket Sanders didn't play. Uh, I, I I haven't looked at as to see why, um, but maybe that is a factor or not. But still, don't give up 38 points to that bad BYU offense. You just can't do it. Last one I want to highlight: Fresno State skunks Arizona State at home, 29 to nothing. Oh boy, I just just say there was a dog's dog in that game. Somebody had a dog's dog in that one. I picked Arizona State the week before that, too. It happens mm. to the best of us. <laughs> so that was kind of three of the ones I thought I highlighted. I don't know. Did I miss any fellas or any thoughts on any of those ugly losses? It's a, it's a bad day to be any of those teams. Uh, no, no. I'm ready to do takeaways, I think. I Well, I, 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 yeah, I just got a quick mention. I'm okay with the Oklahoma State slacking because I'm hoping that they kind of fall apart. Although I love the brand and I always stick up for the pokes, but I hope. They fall apart, and Zane Flores transfers back home to Nebraska. I would like that a lot. So that's kind of my my ploy for Oklahoma State having a bad year. We're we're gonna find out. I think in Ames this weekend, winner doesn't have an absolute dumpster fire, and the loser, your season's just off the window. Last thing, let's go to the biggest takeaways from the weekend. Anybody want to start before I just click the uh, hot take button? I can start. Yep. Start us off, Jordan. Go ahead, Jordan. I think uh, I'll be pretty quick with this one. It's pretty self-explanatory. I think quarterback seems to be quarterback play seems to be more important than ever. Um, there are a lot of really good football teams out there without a really good quarterback, and it's been showing uh, all over the country. Whether that's in Tuscaloosa, um, you look at Columbus; it's got it's gotten better. Stetson Bennett hasn't, or not Bennett. Sorry, Carson Beck hasn't looked great. I'm still thinking of Stetson Bennett haunting my dreams, scoring touchdowns at 27 years old for the Dogs. Um, and there's just, it's just interesting to see how good some of these quarterbacks are out West and in certain spots in like at Texas with Ewers and in the ACC, some of these teams just don't have a quarterback to get them over the edge and they would be battling for a national title. But now you're wondering if they can still stay afloat. Um, so don't take a good quarterback for granted, man, because they're tough to find. And when you get one, it's a program changer. So, yep. um, I've just noticed that more than ever this year. I feel like a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Cam, what was your biggest takeaway from week three? My biggest takeaway was my sadness that the Pac-12 is really folding when they're having as good as a start as they have as a conference. <laughs> I mean, outside of like Stanford, Arizona State, and maybe Arizona, like that whole conference has looked pretty good. You want to talk about offensive firepower? Watch a Pac-12 game if you like points, and they are so incredibly intense and just a great watch. Like I enjoy, I'm enjoying Pac-12 football, I think, more than I ever have, and I'm super sad that we're losing it. Uh, I do have to mention one upset quick. I did call Sac State over Stanford. Um, completely forgot they were playing this weekend, but when that game turned on, I was like, I had this picked in the preseason. But that's I, all I had on that one. I think out of yeah, Arizona looks solid. So I would say outside of Arizona State and um, Stanford. outside of Stanford, yeah, that it's definitely a loaded conference. Even Cal is a respectable. I know. Respectable team, Cal looks okay. Cal's got some offense. Yeah, like 
they're not the worst team I've ever seen in my entire life. Reese, what was your biggest takeaway from the weekend? Um, my thing is that I when I when we previewed the SEC, I mentioned that they weren't going to have a uh, the national title champion. I think it's looking even worse. I think they're just looking more and more and more vulnerable. Like what JB just said, good quarterback play. Usually the teams that have won it, they're going to have solid quarterbacks. And I just think those those top two teams that we're looking at, Alabama and Georgia, they just haven't looked like the guys. And I don't think you're going to get two teams from the SEC even in the playoff this year. Um, so, yeah, that's what I got. It's looking rough when LSU from the West has a loss, A&M has a loss. LSU Alabama looked has a lot loss. better this weekend, though. I'm still confident that they can they can your, run the your table. Your SEC West champion would have to win the SEC with only yeah, one Bama loss. Yeah, Bama would have to run so it. Yeah, one loss it's almost a dead dog. Yep. Good one, Reese. I'm feeling confident about that. Mine goes hand-in-hand hand with you, Reese, and Jordan. Um, mine was Alabama. Is, is it is it time to start – Press the panic button, like, or is it too early? I don't want to be hot take guy, but, but boy, they. It, well, you know they are. They it, are panicking. It, they are panicking, and you could tell. I can't believe Milroe did not play at all. Like, he made yeah, some. That's, he made some poor throws. He's hurt. It's behind the scenes, and nobody's saying anything. No, no shot. No shot. I think they just. I they're. they I think Saban's gone full blown crazy. Like Buckner looked horrible. Tyler Buckner's never looked good anywhere he's been. Ty Simpson was fine, but he was the conservative guy. Like, this is what I said before when I was hearing on that, like, Birmingham radio. He's just a conservative player. He's not going to get you to a college football playoff. Jim Milrow has the intangibles to make the difference. He needs to get better at his decision-making, yes, but he is your only option. So I don't know how he does not play. It's time to panic. I mean, they they won the game 10-3 to against South Florida. They scored with, like, 20 seconds left. That is – that's terrible. Yeah, don't give them that last one. No. <laughs> don't give them and I think the, the reason we can actually say it's time to panic is that I said it before. This is physically. This offensive line is probably the worst it's been for Saban in a long time. Like, I know they're young. They've got some freshmen. Like, everybody likes to pick on Caden Proctor. But they, up front, just don't match with anybody. And right now, if they played LSU tomorrow, I'm thinking LSU wins by double digits, no matter where they play. So. I think that room's pointing fingers, man, because I saw a couple of clips of like sacks that Alabama had against them and no offensive lineman is there to help the quarterback up. Like, I don't know if there's yeah. people pointing fingers in that room like, hey, our offensive line is the problem. Our quarterback's the problem. We don't have enough wide receiver play, but there's something going on in-house because they just look so out of sorts and it yeah. is tough to have them in my playoff picture. That's a that's another game we're going to cover this week. I don't know if Ole Miss is good enough to win that football game, but it's going to be a game you definitely got to keep your eye on. Let's go to our helmet stickers. Basically, what it is, if this is your first time listening, this is our player of the week. Back when uh, Lou Holtz used to run ESPN, he, him and who was the mm-hmm. other guy? Mark, Mark May. Mark, was it Mark May? Yeah. Mark May? Yeah. They used to give out their helmet what stickers. Mark May says. Yeah, classic. <laughs> <laughs> to guys uh, who had great performances from the weeks past. So I'll start with mine first. I'm stealing Reese's boy, Garrett Schrader. He's 14 of 28. Oh, uh, they beat Purdue this weekend. He had 184 yards passing. But the biggest thing, he had 195 yards rushing. He almost had 200 yards on the ground. The guy was an absolute dual-threat quarterback. I couldn't believe that when I saw the stats. So they're off to a decent start. I think that they could compete at the top against some of the best in the ACC. So that's my my first. Reese, who's your guy? Um, going to a game we talked about earlier, Trevor Etienne. Mm-hmm. You mentioned how many stats or his stats: twenty three carries, one hundred seventy two yards, sixty two yard touchdown run. That was big in the first quarter. After Tennessee went and scored right away and kind of set the uh, tone for that offense. So um, he had a hell of a game. Cam, yeah, mine kind of goes hand in hand. I'm going to mention two guys because I know they're not going to get mentioned in the other one. Um, but I'm going to go mine with Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels, LSU, took it to Mississippi State on the road. Jaden Daniels was 30 for 34 for 361 and two scores in the air, and then he ran it 15 times for 65 yards and another two scores. So four total touchdowns, dual threat guy. They they looked really good. And then I got to mention his receiver. He threw a couple of them too. Malik Neighbors was 13 receptions for 239 and two scores. Insane. So a couple of offensive guys for LSU that just carried him to a blowout. Yeah, he probably had player of the week like out of anybody. He was spectacular. Jordan, hopefully you didn't have him. Who'd you get? No, I had uh, Jackson Dart. Now he did break my heart with a late unnecessary score to break up my dog's dog from covering. (laughs) Um, That's a tough beat. Probably see that on SVP and uh, Stanford (laughs) Steve stuff here later uh, in the week. But 
Uh, Jackson Dart went 10 of 18 through the air for 251 and a touchdown. He also ran 14 times for 136 and two touchdowns. Uh, so that's pretty damn good, uh, especially when you only throw the ball 18 times and you still go in for 250 and you don't turn it over and you score three times, one on the one in the air and two on the ground. Kid's pretty solid, and he's really solidified himself in Oxford as the quarterback for Lane Kiffin. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely looked solid, and I think he could be a difference maker for Ole Miss this year. We might put this on Twitter if we get like the most receiving votes. Last week, I put Audrey Gessame on our on our TikTok page. As, as I think that was yours, Parks. If correct. if I'm yep correct, so uh, that one blew up for us. So we're just gonna have to continue doing it, and I'll pick the best one out of all four of us, and we'll continue to roll with that. So. That was player of the week, our uh, helmet sticker of the week. Uniforms. We always love – this is a uniform podcast. Love we them. talk college football. We talk atmosphere. We talk tailgates. We talk uniforms. So it's hand in hand. From the uniform guy himself, Cam, give us uh, your best uniform of the week. Yeah, it's a tough look when you get shut out at home against uh, Fresno State when you wear these, but Arizona State put out a kit this week that – Oh hey, my at least you look good. God, they looked at really home. good getting slapped. At least you look good. <laughs> I know. It was, it's going to be hard to find a picture because there was like three tweets from their account during the game. So I got to find a good picture of the uniform for you. But uh, the massive sparky head on the helmet, get the fuck out of here, man. That's the best <laughs> look I've ever seen. I, I If that gets released on a mini helmet, it will be right behind me in a couple of weeks. So unbelievable look. Bad look on the field. Good look on the field at the same time. I love Arizona State. Go forks up. <laughs> at least if you're going to look bad, you might as well look good. So, Reese, yep. who looked uh, the best, and hopefully they played a little better than Arizona State. My team didn't play that great either. It was a look good, feel good, didn't play very good. Uh, but I went with ECU this week. They went with the all whites, mm. white helmets, right. fire logo on it, purple, uh, purple face mask. It's a pretty clean look. Love it. I, I love those ones. I love their branding. Their throwbacks are one of the best uniforms ever been put on the field in college football, though. Love throwbacks. Those ones are sweet. We'll get, they got bring we'll get to that. Jordan, who is yours? Uh, I did Boston College, the red bandana game up there. I love I, when they I, break this stuff I don't stuff even out. know why I asked, honestly. I should have um, guessed that. It's it's so it's just so cool the story behind everything and the whole uh, meeting of that day up at that university. And they showed up and played yeah, really good football. That's a really good a really good team. Um and usually people talk about the red bandana game, but the last couple of years, it had not been great. This year, they had a legitimate shot to win that game. Uh, I just think it's sharp. It's simple. Uh, it holds a big meaning behind it. So Boston College gets my vote. All the ESPN talking heads are going to be talking this week. Is is Florida State overrated? Whatever. No, you guys just don't understand. No, the answer is they went to Boston College. The red bandana that was game. hungry and had a slip up. Yeah, red, you, can't, you can't play Boston College in the red bandana game and expect great results. So a win was good enough for them. Mine, I, speaking in with of throwbacks, I, I'm going to be honest, guys. I am a slut for throwback uniforms. Like when you can – I I love nostalgia. Like I think just like when you can – Oh, you said Iowa State. You, you can uh, put something together like Iowa State's going to do something in a couple of weeks where like what, it honored Jack Trice's uniforms back in the – fucking 100 years ago so i'm going texas tech i think it was the 1960s throwbacks for them i just love it when they originate the logo they even kind of do it with the original double yeah they do the socks like the socks even look super old i I just love overall that look if anybody's doing throwback logos or throwback uniforms uh that's probably going to be my uniform every week because i just love to see it one of my favorites is i had one uh UTEP a couple weeks ago was my that was that, that was, was awesome. Throwback I didn't see that one. Otherwise, I love that. That was a great pick. Texas Western is awesome. I love uh, Marshalls. By the way, go herd. Their yeah. we, their we are Marshall uniforms from the seventies is go ahead. Is, is awesome. Undefeated, by the way. All right. Before we close this out, I guess I ha- we didn't talk it over with anybody, but I thought I would throw out a hot take and kind of roll with that and see if anybody else has anything to say other than. 97% of college football teams are bad. That's not my hot take, but 97% of teams are they're pretty bad because nobody looks like they can play good football for 12 weeks straight. So my hot take, closing out, if anybody else has got one, I think Alabama will lose more than two games this season. I think they'll go 9-3. and three. And I, I feel like I feel like Stephen. Can we call that hot? Really? Okay. I was going to say, I, I feel like know, Stephen A. Smith saying that. Flaming right now. I don't think it's that flaming hot, uh, especially when you have to, still have to play A&M, who has a good loss on their schedule and has looked good otherwise. And then you have to play LSU and you have to play Auburn. You don't. You might get a hell of a fight out of Auburn. Yep. 
Ole Miss. Like, I think it's extremely possible. Okay. I don't really have a hot take from the weekend, so like, I'd rather talk about this one. You know, yeah, like, no. I just don't think you can truly say ten and two, eleven and one is a legitimate possibility at this point in time. I'm, I was almost kind of just tossing around like to see if if you guys thought it was a hot take because I thought it was just because I don't want to be that guy that because I'm not saying Saban's era is over, and I know there are people like this might be Saban's last year, which I think is a little crazy, but. It would be very interesting if this team can't get to 10 wins and we talk yeah. about it in the offseason. Parks, just, do you have a hot take for us? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's not as hot as I think, but uh, if Georgia doesn't figure out how to start games faster and better, they're going to lose two games in the SEC. They'll slip up two times because it's such a wide open. Like, I haven't seen enough dominance from them like I did in the last two years to be like, oh, yeah, they're still they did that the last year too. But they're still. That's my only knock is that they did that last year too. If they're rolling to Knoxville and start like they did this week against South Carolina at home, they'll lose that game. So uh, if they they need to figure stuff stuff out in the first half because even the second half wasn't impressive enough against a Shane Beamer team that's not as good as we thought. No, hundred percent. I think that uh, the another hot take could just talk about how bad the SEC is. I I don't actually believe that, but. Have we really They're have we great. seen a, as poor of a start from the SEC? Like, in I think it's also just because we hold them to such a higher very standard true. too. Like we but, expect more, and we expect more out of them. They're not playing. They up get to that. slaughtered in games they're supposed to be battling yeah. or winning, or they're not looking good against really bad teams. Like it's tough to not jump to conclusions. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt did get beat by UNLV though. I heard that. I actually I missed that. I heard that on yeah. a podcast. I was like. Excuse me. Yikes! Yeah, I, forty to thirty-seven. They missed a field goal at the end of the game to lose. That, we better wake up, Nashville. Baseball is a little far away still. That, we were kind of high on them. Yeah, I was going to say they're three and a half. I said they had to go four and zero to get to their win total. That just yeah, you can't yeah, be doing that. doing that. We can't be losing to Vegas. We cannot be losing to UNLV. <laughs> we got we got oh, some ground not. to make up, fellas. I don't know if we got Bam on the schedule or who we got, but we got some ground to make up, and it's going to start next week. We got to regroup. Come on, Commodores. <laughs> Come on. Reese, you going to send us out with a hot take, or you got? are you just going to jump on how bad the SEC is too? I'll say one. It's This week's going to be really dependent on it, but I think Notre Dame is going to make the playoff. I love that pick. I don't think it's hot at all. I think that's ice cold, dude. They look good. <laughs> they I look think, good. They, they can't go 11-1. They still got, but they still got Ohio State, USC, Clemson. Good point, Jordan. I don't think they can go at eleven and one and make. You don't it. think so? This year, Depending I think they could. If things work out I the way, if you still have two eleven and one teams in the Big Ten okay. East, and you have the Pac twelve that's eleven and one or a twelve and zero or something, and then you still have Georgia who's really good in Texas. You, I'm sorry, you know but that, no. Especially if the loss is against Ohio an State. Eleven and one. If they lose this game, I don't know if they will. But. An eleven and one Notre Dame would be a uh, tough argument to your two-loss team getting in the playoff, I think. I, it felt like a, it still feels like a year it could definitely happen. <laughs> I'm not. I'm still not saying you're wrong because the way Florida State looked, they could probably drop a game or two. And Well, well what, if that two-loss team was Alabama, I think it's hard to make an argument for them too like with how they looked against USF this weekend. Too. We kept out I think it's hard a Bryce a Young and Will Anderson two-loss. I know the circumstances were definitely different last year. They didn't deserve to get in, but – I mean, we kept that two-loss team out of the playoff. What two-loss team is going to really yeah. make it? But I don't know. Someone from the pack would be your only one, I think. I was, yeah, who knows? That kind of wraps up everything from week three. Like I said, for the quote-unquote boring week of college football, we spent 45 minutes to an hour talking about it. So really, casuals, how boring was it? We have a ton to get to this week. Look out for our week four preview episode, probably coming out, I believe, on Thursday. Um, Look for that one. Sit tight. If you're a guy who gets impatient after maybe an hour and 10 minutes or so, you're going to want to sit tight after this because we could go an hour and a half, hour 45 minutes because there's just too much to get to. We have Ohio State, Notre Dame, it's, it's Ole Miss, insane. Alabama. The list goes on and on. Clemson, Florida State goes at 11 a.m. right after you just get up and you make your breakfast. Syracuse, Syracuse Army. Army. Reese will be there. Hopefully we can get some coverage there. Anything else, fellas, before we wrap it out? and. Uh, Get on to week four. Nope. Uh, Almost play a quarter of the way through. All right. That'll do it for us. Again, thanks for tuning in. Week three was a good one. Take us out. Play the fight song.